hit three, hit two, hit one. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 110 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Chris, we have a good one tonight. Here at BTC, we're no strangers to covering ghost ships, ghost trains, or just ghosts in general. But tonight, bud, we're taking on a ghost town. By definition, a ghost town is an abandoned village, town, or city, usually one that contains a substantial visible remaining buildings and infrastructure such as roads or other visible structures. But that's not really what we have here because as of today, there is still no evidence that this town has ever existed. Or is there? <laughs> well, Chris, <laughs> damned if we know, but you can bet your sweet ass we're going to find out. Tonight, we are taking on the mysterious ghost town known as Dublin, Wisconsin. What sets Dublin apart from other ghost towns, aside from the fact that there's pretty much no evidence of it, Unlike other ghost towns that had pretty much disappeared at the turn of the century and into the early 1900s, Dublin is said to have existed up until the late 1980s into the early 1990s. So, I mean, we're talking roughly 30 to 40 years ago. You would assume that there would be some evidence of a town having existed, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would definitely expect to uh, see something remaining, but I guess what we're talking about here is if the town ever existed at all. What are you trying to say? Well, there's a, there's a bit of controversy behind whether or not Dublin was a town ever at all. <laughs> so as I alluded to in the opening, yeah. We don't know if this town ever existed because there's nothing to really base these claims on. We do have some people that claim to have memorabilia from the town, such as mugs and shirts and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, as I was telling you off air, I mean, that seems like uh, just something that could be made anywhere, Chris. That doesn't seem <laughs> to be a substantial piece of evidence. Uh, that's right. We have physical evidence that a t-shirt <laughs> with the name Dublin on it. I mean, that, that is some of the evidence that we're talking about tonight. So that, that's not very substantial. However, we do have some people, unfortunately they remained nameless, but they do claim to have lived in Dublin or have had family members or friends that have lived there. Some even claim that they have eaten at restaurants in Dublin. If you happen to Google Dublin, Wisconsin, there's one photo that always seems to rear its ugly head. <laughs> and that is a group of people. And uh, the people are beautiful. I'm not talking about that. But the ambiance of the place, it says uh, a bright red wall. And it, it does look like something out of the 80s or the 90s. And basically, it's a picture of three people enjoying a nice dinner, sitting in a booth. You have two women and one gentleman who I must say has to be Pat Sajak's doppelganger. <laughs> I would have to agree with you on that. I 
believe this is in fact the host of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yes, I mean the similarities are uncanny. However, once again, Chris, there is nothing substantial in this picture to prove to me that this place is even in Dublin. Wisconsin. There's not a sign or anything in this photo that includes any evidence. I mean, this picture could have been taken anywhere. Well, if only we got a picture of the back side of the photo, because everyone knows that's where you write the uh, description. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I would not be shocked if that was used as a piece of evidence in this story, Chris. <laughs> but yes, there's really nothing to go off of here. And, and you start getting stories from people None of these people, of course, actually lived in Dublin, but people that know of the town from their grandfather who told stories about it or this or that. So that's the kind of information that we have to go off of. So it's not substantial, but there are some people out there that would swear that it absolutely existed. Yeah, and uh, oddly enough, uh, our story begins, uh, not so much uh, from uh, <laughs> history books, Chris, no, our story begins on your favorite website, Tumblr. And uh, I guess, I don't know what this site is all about. I've heard of it, but I've never used it. But apparently, well, it's apparently I have. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently you go on there, you can just post shit and have discussions and whatnot. So apparently somebody posted uh, the question on Tumblr, and I don't have a date as far as when it was posted. I'm thinking it was probably in the 2000s sometime. A user by the name of Pennsylvanian Patriot posed the question to fellow Tumblr members. And I quote here, Anyone here ever heard about Dublin, Wisconsin? People go on to say no, that they haven't. So uh, Pennsylvania Patriot goes on to inform us of the following. Supposedly, there was a small town in Wisconsin called Dublin that just up and disappeared sometime in the late 80s or early 90s. One day, the town was there. The next, it wasn't. Every man, woman, and child vanished into thin air. So the post continues. It gives a little more information on it. Many are saying that they have never heard of this and they're starting to get spooked out. But there were a couple that did say that they have heard of Dublin and they know of someone, if not themselves, that has visited old Dublin. That's where things start to get a little odd because we have quite a few theories here as to what happened to this lovely little town of Dublin. One involves the U.S. government, doesn't it, Chris? Yes, that's because there was a little known naval project going on called Project Sanguine. Ooh, I like that. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> well, apparently uh, sanguine actually means uh, blood or the color of blood or something of that sort. Very, very military-esque. <laughs> yes, indeed. So th this project was proposed in 1968. This was, in fact, a real project. This is not a conspiracy of of any sort, where the military basically wanted to utilize Wisconsin, pretty much two-fifths of the state, to run underground wiring to create an ELF, which is an extremely low frequency, radio waves as a means of contacting submarine vessels. Now, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. This is taking place in the 60s, and uh, at this point... 
we're dead smack in the middle of the Cold War. Yes, right you be, Bill. This was during the Cold War era, which is probably a lot to do with why this operation took place, because the U.S. Navy wanted a way to contact submarine vessels, basically a, a way so that they would hear nobody else, a way to communicate to them any type of orders. And this so-called giant antenna that they were trying to make was supposed to be built underground so that it could be hardened to survive a nuclear attack. And of course, that was obviously a potential threat at this time. Of course, as things many times do in the U.S. government, that operation actually changed uh, because Sanguine was a bit over the top, I should say. And the funds for the operation weren't really all there, so they decided to scale it back a bit. And Project Sanguine turned into Project ELF, or Project ELF. It would take place in the hometown of uh, your hometown, actually, Bill, Clam Lake, Wisconsin. <laughs> so this project, scaled back a bit, would get built in 1982, and it would actually operate all the way until 2004. Now, interestingly enough, Chris, both of these projects kind of coincide to one of the theories of uh, what happened to Dublin. First off, you spoke of Project Sanguine, and that was taking place in the mid to late 60s. So at that point, there would have been a substantial amount of military personnel living in that area because <laughs> I read somewhere that... The original plan called for running underground cables throughout 41% of Wisconsin. So nearly half of the state would be the footbed, pretty much, of these underground cables, making it just one large antenna for submarines. <laughs> I imagine they probably got pretty good uh, TV reception. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm sure they did. So, I mean, first off, we're looking at it from the 60s and into the 70s. That could obviously be one of the theories that make up this small town, it being a small town of military personnel. But we should mention that there were actually no coordinates ever listed as to the location of Dublin, Wisconsin, or where Project Sanguine was located. So that makes it a little bit more mysterious. And due to the fact, like you said, that Project Sanguine hit the bricks because of... Uh, just the sheer magnitude of the project and the financial cost, they gave up on that. But that led into Project ELF, E-L-F. And we do have a location for that. And that was in the northwest corner of Wisconsin. As you mentioned, my hometown, Chris, of Clam Lake. Could Clam Lake have been once known as Dublin? Albeit just for a short time period because as you mentioned it was built and operated from 1982 to 2004 so that would kind of coincide to the last known existence of Dublin because remember our Tumblr user said the town disappeared either in the late 80s or the early 90s Chris we may be on to something here <laughs> there is another theory tucked neatly into this one, Bill. Mm, tell me more. And that is not that perhaps Clam Lake was Dublin, but that is perhaps that Dublin was the original location for the operation. But when something went awry, they had to abandon ship and find a new location. 
So this became a very hush-hush situation because apparently this theory states that during the testing of this ELF, that perhaps something went very wrong and the government basically had to cover it up. And so therefore the name Dovland was never seen nor heard from. <laughs> Don't do it. Again. Oh man, well, we might be digging up something, maybe something we don't want to get ourselves into. But you mentioned a government cover-up? Surely you jest. <laughs> <laughs> they would never do such a thing. Uh, of course they wouldn't. <laughs> but I I'm no. telling you, man, this is all starting to come together. So, I mean, if you're dealing with a, a substantial amount of electromagnetic waves, Chris, perhaps it did cause harm to the good people of Dublin. Or maybe, as I said, maybe it was just a town of military personnel, and once they knew that they fucked up, they were like, let's just close up shop and go somewhere else. Oh, and if anybody can make something disappear. <laughs> no, don't say it. <laughs> to me, that sounds like a very viable explanation, but for right now, let's keep that on the back burner and let's move along. Because some claim that the town may have been purposely wiped away by the state itself, through the process of damming for the use of hydroelectric projects. I had never heard of states doing this, but uh, as I was telling you about it, you said that you came across some info that even here in New York State and in Pennsylvania as well, you've heard of such cases. That this was not far-fetched at all. Oh, definitely not. More so taking back place, you know, before areas started getting really populated, like, and of course, take New York, for example, Going into the suburbs now, where there was such a large amount of flow of people from the city coming up into these areas, of course, you needed water for all these people. And so the only way to do that was to create a reservoir of some sort. It's not always as simple as just, so. Oh, hey, there's this plot of land here that we can fill. You obviously have to have a low elevation of some sort, something that'll hold the water. And sometimes that means, well, submerging a town. And believe me, uh, you have no say in the matter. <laughs> I mean, it I mean it's pretty much whoever draws the shortest straw. Absolutely. So that is not surprising to me that that, uh, that that is a possibility. Yeah, because there's even proof that this has happened in Wisconsin itself. It's happened to the town of Warner, Wisconsin. And you said you were just in Pennsylvania where there was a town that succumbed to the same fate. Yeah, I, I think underneath Lake Wall and Popic, which is... I believe in the Poconos area. The reason I know that one exists under the lake there is because I was told that there was a good spot to go fishing where the town resided. And of course I didn't get a damn bite because apparently not only do people not reside there, but neither do the fish. You might be lucky you didn't get a bite, Chris. Who knows what you would have pulled up? Or pulled me in. <laughs> but so, I mean, here we go. Another theory. And it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Without a doubt, that could definitely make sense. Now, of course, would there be record of this? That's one of the big things that the naysayers are saying is that, well, okay, even if it was submerged or dammed, there would be some record somewhere of the name Dufflund, and it just doesn't exist. That leads me to believe that if it did exist, that it would be something a little bit more scandalous. Perhaps, and, and this happens quite often, 
when the government looks to buy back land and someone refuses, you know, oftentimes you can put up a fight for a little bit, but ultimately you're going to lose. So perhaps, just perhaps, we had a situation like this in Dublin. Perhaps the good people of Dublin didn't want to give in. So they were flooded out. Via eminent domain. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to do our due diligence and follow through on, on the other theories here. One, and this is another one that makes sense, a failing economy. Maybe Dublin was just a small town of, say, you know, 100 people or less. Those type of towns do exist. So the theory here is if the economy fails and people can't stay there, they drift off one by one pretty much till nobody's left. And then the town is just kind of washed off the board, erased from history. So to me, that sounds like another real possibility. Say this was indeed just a small town that had 50 people in it, you know, and those people ended up moving away and then eventually died off. That would make sense when people say that, hey, my grandfather told me this or my grandmother told me this. And these stories inevitably died with this older generation. Well, speaking of towns that didn't exist and on the same topic of how one might vanish, there is actually a little town called Winnicone. Well, apparently in 1967, Winnicone was feeling very much like Dovland. Uh, and that's because, well, inadvertently, the uh, official Wisconsin road map accidentally forgot Winnicone and didn't put it there. Well, the town uh, didn't take this very kindly and decided, well, if you don't think we exist, then we're getting the hell out of here. What do you mean? Well, they decided to secede from the state. <laughs> that is right. There was actually a secret committee, and they had plans to put up toll gates on local roads and begin the annexation to uh, form a sovereign state of Winnicone. Little uh, piece of side note history there. What a set of balls on those people, huh? <laughs> Seriously, forget me? Fuck you. <laughs> Let's give a round of applause to the good people of Winnicone. Of course, I'm going to come clean about something tonight. I've been told for the past few weeks by a lot of people I know, a lot of people that have seen me in the gym, that they've noticed a little extra pep in my step. Yes, Bill, I've actually noticed that you've had quite a bit more energy lately. Uh, you've even uh, started writing notes for the show beforehand. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> I'm telling you, there's no surprise that my productivity and energy levels increased once I started taking that little magical elixir we spoke of last week. Magic mind. That's right. But I take a quick shot of this in the morning around 8 o'clock. By 9, I am in a gym. I am focused. And get this, I was in the gym at 9, came home, wrote the entire script for this episode, and hold on to your hat, Chris. I wrote next week's episode out, too. Well, well, well. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to ask you right now, what's in this little bottle of magic mine that's changed my ways? The good people deserve to know. Well, I think you have... Uh... A little something to attribute to that energy and it's probably the matcha which well buddy boosts your energy but there's also tons of other good things and i'm talking about ashwagandha some echinacea if you want to jump start that immune system and even some lion's mane mushrooms and some other goodies well whatever it is man it is working because i feel rejuvenated and 
our listeners can too, because I have a special code for our listeners. If you go to www.magicmind.co slash between the cracks and use our special code cracks20, that's C-R-A-C-K-S-2-0, you will receive 20% off both one-time purchases and subscriptions. But we have even a better deal for you. Within the first 10 days upon this episode's release, you'll receive up to 56% off a subscription to Magic Mind. That's right. It's as simple as that. Just use the code CRACKS20. Once again, that is C-R-A-C-K-S-2-0. And you will receive up to 56% off your subscription to Magic Mind. So what are you waiting for? Order Magic Mind today and be productive tomorrow. Chris, perhaps the good people of Winnicone were taking some magic mind because they uh, they had the energy to uh, attempt that secession from Wisconsin. <laughs> Chris, I mean, hey, these are all pretty good. I, I keep saying that, but each and every one that we go through, I mean, there, there seems to be some substance behind it. And uh, there's going to be some real substance behind this last theory that <laughs> this is uh, all a hoax. Essentially making this tale a sack of bullshit. Warning, warning, bullshit alert. So Chris, we have a short episode tonight, which works well for me because I am running on fumes. So let me ask you, what says you? Which one resonates most in you as a possible explanation as to what happened to Dublin, Wisconsin? If indeed it existed at all. Little buddy, what says you I said Chris <laughs> I'm trying to shuffle through these theories is a lot if I had to put my money on one of these theories I think I would tuck it neatly into one of the uh, Dublin t-shirt shirt pockets I guess oh, no uh, because I'm calling this a bullshit oh, come on man <laughs> this is two weeks in a row you're calling bullshit I don't like this what can I say? When I smell it, I smell it. And, brother, it stinks. <laughs> Chris, have a heart here. <laughs> well, all right. Well, you're you're coaxing out what I think. What do ye think? Chris, you're getting good at asking me my opinion. I mean, we went uh, <laughs> nearly two or three years without you uh, <laughs> even so much as giving a shit about what I thought. <laughs> Uh, listen, I went into the story thinking it was 100% bullshit. The picture of Pat Sajak sitting at the Red Restaurant, that did absolutely nothing for me. The little t-shirt and the mugs, that's all a bunch of bullshit. <sighs> I'm torn here. But, I will say this. I think there's a very strong possibility that Dublin was nothing more than a small town made up of military personnel that was indeed working on a project that perhaps they didn't get funding for or perhaps they encountered too many environmental issues that forced them to put a stop on said project that seems very realistic in my book and if something did indeed go wrong with this project as we said the government would be the first one to sweep it under the rug and there would be no evidence of it ever existing aside from a lonesome photo of pat sajak chris i'm saying it dublin wisconsin did indeed exist well 
And furthermore, Chris, please let me finish here. <laughs> it was wiped off the face of the map and the face of U.S. history by a corrupt U.S. government. You better be careful. Well, that's the last wheel we'll be hearing from Bill. <laughs> Chris, I, I do. I do think Dublin uh, existed. I think it was probably just a very small little town or a hamlet or something where mostly just uh, military personnel resided. And, I mean, maybe they even named it Dublin themselves. So maybe it was indeed not a, a place that existed on the books, but I do indeed think that it did exist. What can I tell you? Chris, you, you seem to be distancing yourself from me. <laughs> I, I will say, if I had to choose, a th if I was on board, that would be the theory, the military theory for sure. Because that is, that does make the most sense. When shit hits the fan, nobody covers it faster. Yeah, man, so... That's it, Chris. That is the story of the ghost town known simply as Dublin, Wisconsin. Now, let's give the rundown and we can get the hell out of here for the night. If, whoa! I hit that on the first shot. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on Facebook, uh, Between the Cracks Podcast, or Instagram, Between the Cracks Podcast. If you would like to become one of our lovely Patreons, please feel free to do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. In addition to that, in the show notes, I'll throw in some of our sources and a link to our merch shop over at TeePublic. So, Chris, with all that being said, what do you say we wish to find, find people out in podcast land the fondest? Oh, a fair.